We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast Welcome back to the Pack-A-Day podcast, episode 1128. I am your host this evening, Maggie Loney, joined for the second time, actually, by Sanjay Murthy of the Freezer podcast. Both Jacob Westendorf and Jimmy Christensen were unable to jump on the show, so I have my good friend Sanjay here to bail me out of, well, and bail all of you out, really, of having to listen to me talk for 20 minutes by myself. So, Sanjay, thank you for filling in at the very last minute. Yeah, I love being the third option. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, it's, it's awesome. Uh, I'm always happy to talk some Packers, especially with you, so this is going to be fun. Yeah, so some news today, of course. Um, I think everybody, maybe not everybody, a lot of people had expected that Devin Funches kind of had the inside track to that sixth wide receiver spot. And then we hear today from Green Bay that Devin Funches is on season-ending injured reserve. Um, so what were your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think, I thought personally that he was the sixth option at wide receiver and they were going to keep six. So what did that do to your 53-man roster prediction? I wish I could show you, <clears throat> I guess I could still show you, but I I wish I could show you Matt's text immediately. Because uh, <laughs> this, is, I don't know, I know Jimmy, or sorry, uh, <clears throat> Todd likes to be, not Todd, Dan likes to be the, uh, the president or vice president of his bandwagon uh, club, but uh, I think I had the president, to be honest with you, and he wasn't too happy. So I think the entire, like, you know, really locked in Packer Twitter world or even even the fans, too, um, kind of had him locked in at number six. And then this kind of, you know, this bomb, you know, kind of drops on everybody today. And it's just like, really? I mean, I, yeah, we kind of figured with him not playing last week, you're like, oh, OK, <laughs> uh, must be just like a you know precautionary thing or they saw everything they needed to see in the week one. But uh, yeah, this is a pretty big shock. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where my head was at. I know that in camp, you know, he had kind of, it sounded like tweaked a hamstring. I know maybe there was a toe injury involved there as well. But most of the time, if you play in the first preseason game and then you get to sit out of the second game, it means you locked up your spot. And, you know, you just get to coast the rest of the preseason. Mm -hmm. So to hear then that he was going on injured reserve early and not even, you know, the Packers saving him 
making the initial 53 and then putting him on RR so he can come back. You know, I don't know if that says maybe what they thought of him or, I mean, I guess at this point, do you think that Devin Funches is done for the year? Or do you think maybe he's a candidate for some type of injury settlement and we'll see him in a different team's Jersey sometime in 2021? I, the guy wants to play, man. He, I, I mean, his press conference when he came back, especially having that kind of night that he did, um, you know, obviously let's just forget about the, the unso grateful thing that he said, but like, <laughs> you know, uh, the fact that he went through some demons, you know, went through some depression, went through like, you know, did he make the right, uh, right, uh, uh, decision stepping out of the game and, you know, protecting his family, all that kind of jazz. Um, and then to have the kind of, you know, off-season training camp, um, and then obviously the first preseason game that he had, it is obviously a really tough break for a guy. And I think he just wants to show that he belongs in the league. He belongs not on a roster bubble, but more so just on the roster itself as a secured depth chart you know, guy. Because, look, the guy was paid not too much too long ago as a guy to be like a feature receiver obviously injuries have been the thing that plagues you and in this business availability is the best ability so we know that and i to answer your question i think i think they kept him on ir knowing that look this guy would be he would be snatched up by 31 other teams in the league let's just be honest he would be snatched up by 31 now if he has some sort of injury settlement and that gets him out of dodge I mean, all the power to him. I'm never going to, you know, fault the guy for wanting to get paid and also wanting to have a chance to, you know, compete, you know, if he's healthy. That's the thing. If he's healthy before week nine, God, I mean, the guy should be playing. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't like these rules about the IR spot. I, I really hate them. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you about that because obviously last year they had the COVID rule with a three-week period. Um, this was something like because of – it was before the season start or before the active roster was set. Is that why he's on this different uh, like tier? Yeah. So if the Packers had waited to put him on IR and he had made the initial 53, then he could come back after the six to eight week like timeline. But because it was before the season started, that kind of is the end of your season. Unless of course you do reach an injury settlement, which it sounds like uh, Deandre Tompkins. And then I believe Isaac Nauta were two players for the Packers that did reach injury settlements to get off of IR and look elsewhere. See, that's what I'm saying. Like some, something has to be happening. So either he's seriously hurt and he won't be coming back to the like end of the season, which would be technically like that, you know, whatever. But I, it's hard. I, I just, the fact that I invested, I started to follow that bandwagon. <laughs> I did. I was like, you know what, Matt, screw it. I'm with you. Let's just go. Let's just ride this thing out and see what happens. And now that this has happened, it is a little sad story, honestly, because I was kind of like, you know what? That Levin looked really cool on the, on the field. He looked big. He looked intimidating and he looked fun. He looked like he was like that Bobby Portis of the, you know, of the, of the Packers that like, you know, rah, rah guy that kind of can keep the spirits up. So yeah, this one's a, this one's a tough one for Packer fans. Bobby Portis is a fun comp. I can't remember if it was with maybe Aaron Nagler um, on one of his like extra cheeses, but you know, after watching the Texans preseason game, it really felt like Devin Funches was a man among boys. Like he looked so good. He looked like he shouldn't be playing in the preseason. No, right, right, right. And it's just like, you know, how the mighty have fallen, right? Like he was in the Super Bowl in 2016, stayed with the Panthers through some kind of tumultuous seasons, goes to the Colts, breaks his collarbone, then sits out with COVID, which, you know, have to respect that decision. I know he lost family members to COVID. So this will be now his third season 
without getting to play theoretically, unless he reaches a settlement and you know, he's only 27, but you have to wonder what that does maybe to his career long-term and if he'll look for opportunities elsewhere, because we know that he is an undrafted free agent going into the 2022 season. So as much as this season could have been an audition for him to go make his money elsewhere. Now it doesn't sound like he has that opportunity, which is really unfortunate for him. Absolutely. Um, but we have something hopefully fun to talk about today. And now <laughs> that the Devin Punch is up. talking Packers. Everything is fun here. You know, it's not always fun, but well, I I, mean, I'll take we're not it. getting paid to make big decisions, you know, like this is not on us. Like we're just like, you know, we're just reading off of what we just found out. So, you know, nothing can ha- nothing bad can happen to us, right? So Right. So, and this is, again, this is Jacob. Jacob picked the topic and then Jacob couldn't come to the show. So I'm taking (laughs) the topic and we are going to run with it. Exactly. Um, We're doing today preseason superlatives. Awesome. So I have some categories picked out. Uh, We can go through these. They're not, they're not tricky. They're not meant to trip you up. Just curious your thoughts kind of as we either, you know, kind of look ahead to the Bills game or look beyond the preseason and kind of think about where these guys are at. So first superlative most likely to one i guess you know the caveat here is they have to make the 53 man roster but most likely to be a healthy scratch for all 17 games of the regular season so you make the roster and they don't actually get to play <laughs> what a segue from seven punches <laughs> we, i thought we were supposed to have fun and now we're about to like put a guy in this category where he will never be having this is fun. why i get paid the really small boxes <laughs> these segues wow just... what a what a superlative <laughs> to start us out oh man i feel like this is like the one answer you're looking for and i i don't want to go here but i think it's the only option that we have i'm gonna uh I'm going to go Kevin King. I, I, I feel you like think Kevin we, King isn't going to start for 50. Like, okay, let's, let's clarify this. I'm talking healthy scratches in does not get like activated on the game day roster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. That's probably a bad one. I, Cause I didn't, I didn't know if like Eric Stokes <laughs> would win the job and then he would just be to put in the backseat. Cause you're right. Injuries will happen. That was a bad one. I'm sorry. I'm already ruining your show. Uh, <laughs> oh man. That, I, on the roster. Uh, ooh. ooh. Well, can you just give me yours? Because then I can think about it. I mean, I think <laughs> okay. you already know this, and I'm, like, put on the spot here. And okay. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to cheat. Right. So last yeah, season, gonna, it was Jordan right. Love because there was oh, Tim Boyle as the backup. Yeah, yeah. So okay. this season, theoretically, the Packers, maybe they like Kurt Benkert more than any of us think they do, and they keep three quarterbacks. Maybe Jordan Love's shoulder <laughs> injury lingers, and if something, knock on wood, God forbid, happens to Aaron Rodgers, they need a backup. So let's say they keep Kurt Benkert on the 53. He, to me, would be the most likely to not actually suit up for any regular season games because Jordan Love is the backup. Yeah. Okay. So this is basically what backup do you want? Like on this spot? Because <laughs> I was just going with like a shock value. Like, oh my god, he's <laughs> never going to play because he's just not that good. All right. All right. So you want Kurt? Okay. That I see what you're doing. Uh, do you want to go? Any- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, then I'll just pick. Uh, Kylan Hill then. I mean, I guess okay. healthy scratch, but he just won't see time because it's just going to be a two-headed monster constantly, which I don't even feel like – because if he can get on the special team squad, like maybe as a returner, you know, because uh, I know he did take some obviously in this uh, preseason game, but he did fumble. So I don't know. I'll just say him for the sake of the, for the, sake of the superlatives. 
Okay. Maybe this one will be easier. Hopefully. If it's not, you can yell at me. I came up with these on the spot. So, all right. Alan Lazard and Chris Barnes are your most recent examples of this. Most likely to be waived and then re-signed to the 53-man roster before week one. So they don't make the initial 53-man roster that goes out, but then after some moves to IR or whatever happens, they come back, make the roster, and they will be in a Packers uniform to start week one against the Saints. Are these too hard? <laughs> no, they're not hard because, like, I I know where it could be, but, like, they're not going to be on week one in a jersey. Like, that's the thing, too. Like, I, the guy that I'm thinking of probably would be a cut, but then he would make the team, and then he technically wouldn't be suiting up. Like, well, who that, is it then? Well, it would have been – well, at first it was going to be Malik Taylor because I had Devin Funches <laughs> locked in. As a, as a, but I actually do think he would make the roster at the sixth spot – you know, as a, you know, uh, or even as a practice squad guy, and then he just would never suit up. Well, that'd be kind of, I should have picked him as my guy that would just be on the, you know, <laughs> I, look at that. I'm already starting to flow with the ideas now. I don't know. I, I think that, is that a bad one? Or is that what you clearly weren't going with that route? So what was your option? I don't know. I mean, that's a good one, I guess. Okay. You know what? I'll take Isaiah McDuffie. I think okay, it's going to be at right. a unique position. I don't think it'll be Absolutely some like at this point. It, well, it's going to be some type of special teams contributor. I don't think it's right. going to be Chris Barnes where he comes in and starts opposite Christian Kirksey. Like it's not going to happen in 2021. So I think this will be somebody that could have made the roster or maybe even like a tight end. Like maybe I, I thought about Daphne. I thought right, I, because I just of, didn't know because he did actually show some some sight in the special teams. And then he did actually play in like down the stretch in meaningful snaps. But that was obviously a, a Sternberger issue. So, like, you know, that I guess that would have been my other one. <clears throat> okay, so you are taking some type of weapon, quote-unquote, that can play special teams. I yeah, think that I makes guess, sense. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, thank you. I'm, I was worried I was going to be, like, you know, crapping the bed here on the show. Like, <laughs> now no one's going to listen to you because you keep putting on this loser. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so the next superlative <laughs> rolls directly into this. It's like I planned this or something, but most likely to become a special teams ace. Oh, gosh. Okay, Mo Drayton is counting on you. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, his his job is counting on me, too. <laughs> uh, most likely to be – you know what? This is a good one. And I think I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say Darnell Savage. I think you've seen the Seahawks put a lot of their secondary in special teams uh, formations. You've seen them go down in the field tackle. Now, obviously, later in their years, they probably stopped because let's just be honest, it's just not healthy for them. But a guy like Savage who's still on the fringe of being that like rock solid, like, hey, look, man, we need you at your best at all time. Like, I just feel like he would also benefit too with his speed getting down, you know, downhill, uh, you know, with the special teams, uh, sorry, with the returner, not returns, but the kickoff squad, you know, I think he would just make a, you know, a good stud that just can get there, get the ability to tackle, you know, square up with the guy. And, you know, if someone gets beat too, he'd be a guy that could actually catch up too and make up some ground with, for, uh, you know, to stop a big game. Yeah, that's really interesting because when I was at training camp, um, one of the things that, you know, you could see was that there were a lot more vets taking special team reps than we were kind of used to in previous seasons. It used to be like your ticket to the roster. And now, you know, I think it was Mo Drayton actually that said, unless you're wearing 12 or 10, like you are in special teams meetings because it's just important for everybody to know. So that's a good one. I'm going to take 
I don't know. It's not really like an outside name, but Christian Uphoff, if there's a guy that makes the roster solely for special teams, Christian Uphoff is that guy. And, you know, between Will Redmond, who was a special teams kind of ace in his seasons, Randy Ramsey, both those guys being on season ending IR, I think that's going to open up some doors for some of these younger guys who maybe would not have made the initial 53 if not for their special teams ability. And Christian Uphoff has looked really good the last couple weeks on special teams. He has a really good ability there. So, I'll take him to replace the Will Redmond role on special teams as one of those really important gunners. What a bummer. Like we lost like two guys in a matter of 36 hours. Like <laughs> Will Redmond, our best special teamer. And then now our like, you know, fringe six spot wide receiver that kind of could have been like this, you know, cool story to watch receiver. And he goes down. Like, I mean, I feel like <laughs> I'm not going to say it. You know what? I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put it that bad juju. Never mind. I'm not going to put that bad. <laughs> put that on the universe all right so moving on then away right. from the bad juju in the universe yeah yeah most likely to become a breakout on offense thank you now we're getting a little bit easier questions that's good we're gonna end yeah we're gonna end easy it's okay they're just we're building up the mountain <clears throat> breakout performer huh yep so i will just stick by what i have kind of believed now and i'm gonna go against my guy Fred, because I know who he would pick. So I'm going to go with MVS. Okay. I think it is time for this guy who's had, uh, at least from by all accounts on the you know the Twitterverse and everybody that's on the beat, an amazing camp. We're not getting to see it on the field in you know preseason action, which you know obviously people want to see if this is true against you know live talent um, on the other side of the field. But like you know what, it doesn't matter if you're catching everything. That's your job, and if you're you know trying to get a contract, which is what he wants to do, um, it's always great for a guy to perform really well. So I'm thinking he's going to have one of those you know contract year kind of you know big years. So. I'm going to go with him and I'm probably going to, I'm going to make a little slight prediction here. And I think he's going to have nine touchdowns and probably have a, at least 800 yards receiving. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, I like that because 800 yards is what I was thinking for him. So um, I, I agree with you. Here's a question. Have you seen enough from MVS, even his development in the preseason, to consider signing him before the season starts or even during the season? Or are you waiting? Because right now we know outside of Amari Rogers, there's nobody. Devonte Adams needs to get locked up. And if he's expensive, do you prioritize a guy like MVS, get that deal done while he's cheap? Because if he goes out and puts up 800 yards, eight touchdowns, nine touchdowns, his price goes up and then maybe you lose him and other players. Matt and I, we had our show and we were talking about him and Tunyon and just kind of two guys that are like, you know, on a depth chart that you just have no clue what's after that, you know, because there's so many question marks and, you know, at least long term. Um, And I'm still the firm believer that you stay headstrong with 17. I I think there is some, you know, if unless there's some way that you're getting this guy on uh, Devante first contract kind of number. You know, like you're getting them off the cheap, like dirt cheap, like right now. I still think you stay headstrong with 17. I think you say, look, we're putting all of our eggs in on you as the future for not only 12, but mainly for 10 uh, or whoever. And we want to put all of our allocated money that we don't have anyway uh, towards you. Um, And we'll we'll see what MVS does. And if he balls out you know maybe we we lose out on him but at the same time at least we know we have our ace regardless of anything because i think if you look at it the other way if you're signing mbs and then you go down the year and like okay yeah maybe you got him for cheaper than what he maybe could have had for a blowout year you also still are stuck with mbs as your number one and you're well i guess that's still uh, now i'm starting to i'm starting (laughs) to like walk backwards i'm gonna stay with it i'm gonna stay with 17 just because look I think they're they're trying to make a concerted effort on keeping him. So I think I'm going to go with that. Yeah, MVS was going to be my player for breakout on offense, but because I want to keep things interesting, um, I'll pick a different player. So obviously, you know, you could look at a guy like AJ Dillon, second round pick. You're hoping that he contributes and significantly, no disrespect to Jamal Williams, but I think when you invest a pick like a second rounder into a guy, you're hoping that the productivity matches that investment. So hoping obviously opposite that Aaron Jones, that he has um, kind of a breakout campaign. I think Amari Rogers is a fun one for Packers fans to think about, but I'm going to take Randall Cobb. And I don't know if Randall Cobb can actively break out in his return to the Packers, but if you have listened to Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, which was Aaron Rodgers Wednesday today with the Pat McAfee show, 
he gave Cobby a shout out and, you know, he talked about how good Cobb has looked. And, you know, I think Cobb for the first couple of years in a Matt LaFleur offense, we've all thought about how great a player with Randall Cobb's skill set would fit into that scheme. So now we're seeing Randall Cobb super healthy back with his favorite quarterback, one of his best friends. And I think that he, as much as he said, he's coming in to be a team player and not worrying about his snap count. If Randall Cobb is going to look really good in this offense. And I think he's going to put up some numbers. That's an interesting, interesting one that you said there because I honestly thought maybe you might go with the curveball and say Josiah Deguara and okay. say like this guy in the in the ability of what he could be used as, and maybe it's not breakout in like stats and all that kind of sense, but the fact of how much his role and his you know his usage could potentially be, and especially in the red zone, if he could be a factor in the play action game, um, maybe he could be that like. I think he would be way better than a Vrabel like special tool. Like I'm not trying to like degrade him like that, but like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say though, right? Like he's got that ability where you're probably not going to be looking at him as a third or fourth option, but if he's that fifth scary option on a play action, now that could be, you know, game changing. Cause like, I think his main role will be helping out in the run game, creating an option in the past game that, you know, when a play breaks down kind of sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I just thought maybe that might be the route that you might go. All right. So what I'm hearing from Sanjay is invest in Josiah Deguara wheel routes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're talking fantasy, maybe you want that. No, don't think I'm in fantasy. Don't do it. Unless you're in like a 22 pick deep dynasty league, then yeah, maybe go ahead. But absolutely. Um, all right. So then let's flip it most likely to be a breakout candidate on the defensive side of the ball? I'm not going to say who we're all going to think. So I'm going to okay. go with the opposite side. I'm going to actually say TJ Slayton. I think. Ooh, it's Andre. Okay. Really? I'm sorry. I thought you were going to go Bane. I thought you were going to go 52. So I all thought right. I'd go away. So I'll leave maybe that up for you. I just think TJ Slayton is just having this like secretly like scary off se- or sorry, preseason that I think we just found a diamond in the rough kind of thing. And forget all the Rodgers things that's happened in the last, you know, four or five months. But Brian Gutekinds might have had one of his like bang out drafts in a in a long well, not a long time because he's only done this for a few years. But like, <laughs> you know, he's he may have hit the board on multiple guys. And this is kind of scary because like you're looking at center you know, you're looking at a running back, you're looking at now a defensive tackle. And then I mean, the, the list goes on. And I think this guy is definitely a candidate for the breakout. And it's, it's obviously it might not look a lot in the stat column, but di- disruption column and helping save this run defense that has been pretty, uh, you know, mediocre for the most part, atrocious at one point. I, I think this guy might be I'm not going to call him the savior and grace yet, but I think he could definitely be the guy that look, we've been waiting and waiting and maybe we found a guy. Yeah. I'm glad that you're giving Goody a little credit here because, you know, looking at the draft class he had, it's, it's such a 180 from 2020 where 2020 was for the future and 2021 was like, Hey, we understand this could be the quote unquote last dance for going all in, you know, now that Royce Newman could end up being one of the starters at the guard spot, that's two offensive linemen rookies, which is like unheard of in the Aaron Rodgers era. Um, but I really like the TJ Slayton pick. I'm just going to kind of double down on this one. Yeah. Um, he looked good in the preseason. He's looked good in training camp. You hear, you know, whether it's his teammates like Kenny Clark, Jack Heflin, guys talking about him or like Jerry Montgomery, guys are really high on him. 
And I don't want to go out on too far of a limb because I don't want this to become a sound bite and come back to bite me. But, you know, looking at the production of a guy like young BJ Raji in 2010, when he there. had help you around, I did. Well, when <laughs> he had help, I, from you, his so, six and a uh, half sack season in 2010, like, I think I'm not saying TJ Slayton's going to go put up six and a half sacks, but I mean, when you look at kind of the help that, he can bring to Kenny Clark, even like a Dean Lowry, a Kingsley Kiki, they're expecting a big jump from, you know, he could get his looks and his opportunities because he can free up other guys. And then if, if Kenny Clark is getting a double team, we know TJ Slayton, I think it was Jack Heflin that said like, Oh, he's a guy you're going to have to put at least two bodies on. Like, like somebody's going to be able to get free in this front. What a beautiful, and this is again, kudos to Brian Gutekunds, but like what a beautiful can like uh, transition for young, like, rookies to have vets that they can look up to and learn from and then thrive and flourish in a system slowly. It's not like you need TJ Slinton to be like the guy, just like we said with Bane Gary, like you don't need him to be the guy when you have a Preston or Z. And now you're looking at TJ Slayton who, yeah, he definitely will be playing a different position than what they want to do, you know, with Kenny Clark, but Kenny Clark was playing all over. And so now you get a guy in Kenny Clark, who's been, Able to now just a probably a hair short of a quality of like you know an Aaron Donald give him his kind of to you know tutelage of like hey, this is what's been working in the league, hey, this is what I've been seeing, hey, at your size and at your you know speed, this is what I think you could do. I mean, all that knowledge that he could be soaking up like a soap sponge, like it just be, I don't know, man, I just think it's just a a nice little thing that we have going on here, especially with a lot of positions across the board. I mean, you look at Amari Rogers and what he can learn from now with Randall. I mean, you see it all over. And obviously the big one is Jordan love with Aaron Rodgers. but I just think this is a kind of like, it's been a cool year in the off season where, or sorry, in the, in the training camp where you see the depth chart and it's always just like, wow, we have good problems to have right now. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that you're here giving the optimistic take because I know that's not, that's not always your brand. It's not no, always the Sanji it brand. This is, this is, so. <laughs> maybe fatherhood is getting me into a different, like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like I'm supposed to be optimistic that my kid's going to be like good at sports. Or I don't know. I, maybe that's what I'm trying to get myself into. All right. We have two superlatives last week. Oh, good, good. We can kind of kick through these, but most likely to win coach of the year. And this doesn't necessarily have to be Matt LaFleur or Nathaniel Hackett. If you want to go based on position coach, you don't even have to name the coach, just position group you're expecting to make a jump and what coach can take credit for that. I'm I'm going to stick with Jerry Gray. I okay. think this is a pretty big year for him on what he potentially has with obviously a standout number one draft pick, a lot of, you know, uh, hype, praise, expectation, um, you know, to see this guy potentially on the field at some point. Um, but then it's also, it's not even about him anymore, honestly, or sorry, those two spots. It's then what are you going to do with the backups? Shannon Sullivan or, uh, you know, KB on Enzo or Josh, sorry, not Josh, uh, Kevin King. Wh- what is going to be the, the back end of it? Cause let's just be honest. This is the NFL. Someone is going to get, I mean, I'm knocking on wood at this moment. Someone's going to get banged up or they miss a week or two or maybe longer. And we just need to know that, you know, something's going to be able to just replace, you know, what we have. And then, you know, now I'm, and I want to be clear on something. Jerry Gray also helps in, he's also in the 
defensive back room, correct? Because he's yeah. not the safeties coach, but he's obviously in the room. So, like, that goes – the transition also makes – you know, applies to Darnell Savage and um, Adrian Amos. I, I just think the game plan for the secondary that has been, you know, like just came off of a, a game where, you know, in the NFC Championship game where they did get kind of lit up a little bit. There's a lot of, you know, chip on their shoulder to kind of come back in this year and just show like, look, we want to have the no fly zone here. You know, let's just stop with this, you know, hey, everybody can just throw on us and, you know, have no problem. I mean, I know there's obviously some great stuff at 23, but uh, yeah, I just think he's probably my coach for uh, coach of the year. I like that. That's a good one. I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it seems like cheating to give it to Joe Barry um, because obviously if Joe Barry is in contention for any type of superlative for coach of the year, that means that the defense is vastly improved and the Packers are probably on their way to hoisting a fifth Lombardi trophy. So I'm going to go with Kirk Olivadotti, the inside linebackers coach, um, primarily because we know how important inside linebackers can be in the Joe Barry scheme. Joe Barry has always been you know, kind of around inside linebackers, was an inside linebackers coach for a while, kind of in between stints as a defensive coordinator. So, you know, Devondre Campbell, I think, is going to impress a lot of Packer fans. We haven't heard much about him. He looks so incredible in camp. I think he's got sideline to sideline quickness. He's got a lot of coverage ability that we maybe haven't seen the last couple seasons. Um, so with the jump we're expecting from Chris Barnes with Devondre Campbell, you know, even Oren Burks has looked pretty good. Uh, to me, if that middle of the defense kind of shores up and fixes some of its issues, whether that's a Joe Barry thing, a Kirk Olivadotti thing, the middle of the defense looks good. I think your defense is in really good shape for the season. So he would be my pick then for that, that breakout spot. I mean, what, what kind of expectation you have after you just cut a 2020 draft pick. So, I mean, I think all eyes are going to be on uh, a Campbell and, uh, you know, a Barnes and maybe potentially of Ty Summers, if he makes the roster cut, I don't know what's going to be, or even um, our old boy at Oren Burks. So um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I like that pick. All right. Last superlative before we wrap the show is most likely to become a household name. And I don't know, you know, there's a caveat here what do you consider a household name? Like, can you name 10 players from every roster? Sure. You can probably name most players from every roster, but that's not the casual fan. So thinking about players that maybe are either near the threshold or are poised, like we said, are breakout candidates. Who do you think becomes somebody that's even not a household name, but on the NFL radar more so than they've ever been? Oh, so now it's the NFL radar. See, like I had a pick. You know, the NFL is different than households. I know. Then I kind of stepped back a little on when you said that because I was like, oh, shoot. Um, so we're sticking with the NFL, right? Okay, so the or, NFL oh, pays oh. more attention than households. You're right. So, yeah, no. I know. That, now that kind of changed my <laughs> my pick uh, uh, big time, actually. Um, man. Yeah. Let's do the original pick. Okay, so – and last year we did this on on our show – uh, in a way, and I had picked someone else because I thought he was going to win the job, but then Lucas Patrick won the job, and I'm <laughs> like, oh no! So uh, I'm not going to go with him this time, but I should because if you're saying NFL uh, base, I would have said John Runyon Jr. because he just has you know uh, bloodline, and the the NFL just kind of soaks that up. They're like, oh, the son of blah blah blah, and you know, uh, you know, like you know, what I'm trying to say, right? Like yeah. they, they eat that up. Um, so. I was going to go with uh, Royce Newman because, look, if he's going to be your that. potential starting guard, I mean, this is like in the sense of the Packers like and the Packer fan base, it they eat that up. 
they eat that up big time. Like they, they need the next Bakhtiari where it's just like, oh, they just love him. Maybe he has a mustache. I don't know what he you know dresses up like right now, but <laughs> maybe he has just some sort of aura about him. And then he's just that like stand. Like I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Elton Jenkins as pro, you know, all pro quality as he can be. I feel like he's not the household name at this point, which is weird because he's so amazing. And I think we forget that, look, this guy can play all five positions. And yet maybe because he's so quiet, he doesn't, he's not an outspoken guy. He's not a rah-rah guy. He doesn't chug beers at Bucks games. <laughs> I think that's probably why he's not getting like the, you know, the, the, the love as he probably should. So maybe I'm just going to pick Royce Newman as that guy uh, and just see where it goes. Because look, if he's going to be the right side and he's going to open some holes, he had a really, you know, solid-ish game against the uh, the Jets, even though he missed that pretty open block on the Keelan Hill touchdown. Um, but I'm going to go with him. All right. I like that. And I think that is a bold choice because I don't know it how is, many people can bold. name I know. guards from most NFL teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was on the, I was on the fly. You know, I need, I need emails sent to me at 8 a.m. <laughs> so I can ponder my superlatives until – 9 p.m. and then I'll give you a better uh, a better. When I have you on next year, I will be sure to send this list out ahead of time. I'm gonna absolutely just take the low hanging fruit here, and I'm gonna say that Eric Stokes becomes a household name opposite Jair Alexander. Um, I love Kevin King. I thought I think if you listen to his presser, he owned up to everything you'd want. I mean, he had just really great things to say about how if Eric Stokes. Stokes beats him out for the job, then obviously he was the right man for them to draft. And, you know, just about how that's motivating and how he's still going to help this guy learn. And, you know, I just, I just think he said everything you'd want from a player and he seems like such a good human being at the end of the day. So wishing him success, obviously knowing he's going into a contract year, but yeah, I think Eric Stokes at some point will kind of beat him out for the job, whether it's to start the season, whether it's in practice, kind of the middle of the year, not sure if he'll get any looks at nickel or in that star role for Joe Barry. But yeah, I mean, I think towards the end of the season, he, I mean, he got high praise from Devonte Adams, right. And Devonte doesn't just like hand that out to people, you know, you have to kind of earn that from him. So I think the secondary between Adrian Amos, Arnold Savage, Jair, and now Eric Stokes is in good hands for quite a while, especially if Jerry Gray becomes the, uh, the coaching candidate of the year. How about this for inception? What about a, a household name that we just love to, you know, rip on? And that's Kevin King. And that, cause like, I, I feel like he's a, he's a household name because everybody just thinks he just harpoon tackles everybody without <laughs> his hands. He also lets everybody beat him. He jumps too early on balls. Like, you know, like, I mean, there's that's that, there's that household name too, right? Like, <laughs> Let's, be Let's take 2019 Evan. Kevin King as the household right. name, well, not 2020. I mean, think about it. He will always forever be attached to TJ Watt. That's another thing. Yep. Like, everybody will remember Kevin King for the rest of their life because we could have had TJ Watt instead of him. So it's kind of crazy how you think about what a household name would be. There you go. I mean, I don't know if I love that. I don't know if that's no, the point of either. the superlative. No, no, that's, why, no, that's why I was like, you know what? Hey, let's just get kind of crazy here. It's like when my uh, best friends won Romeo and Juliet in the yearbook, and then they broke up before the yearbook came out. So they just had to look at wow. their picture in the yearbook. Yeah, it's yeah. Really, neither of them will listen to this, but it was really funny. Uh-huh. I'm going to blame the newspaper editor on that one because they clearly could have picked like someone else at the 11th hour. But I was going to say, don't... I feel like you're targeting me because I was on the newspaper. Ah! It, it was the yearbook staff that did that. So I had okay. nothing to do with it. Sorry, not the 
Yeah, I meant the yearbook staff. I, I don't know why I said newspaper. <laughs> All right, Sanjay, this was great. Thank you so much for coming and joining me. Um, I always drag you into so much, you know, random nonsense, but here we are. So if people listening want to, you know, hear more of your random nonsense, um, where can they do that? Uh, Monday nights <laughs> at 7 p.m., uh, myself, Fred Thurston and Matt Jensen, we have the freezer podcast. Uh, you can check out all the silliness and, you know, probably not your, uh, statistician over here of, uh, NFL Packer stuff, but you know what? You're going to get a good laugh and you're going to get to uh, a good time with three guys that somewhat know what they're talking about. So that's where you can find it. <laughs> it's a little asterisk, just somewhat. No, <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Uh, my written work is over at Cheesehead TV. Um, and you can also catch me and Perry Goldstein at doing the packs with Cheesehead podcast. Please make sure that you follow the pack a day podcast on YouTube and on Twitter at pack a day podcast the only packers podcast available 365 days a year and 366 days a year on leap year i say that every single time i host and i will never stop doing that Uh, make sure you like subscribe and rate the podcast five stars let us know what you'd like to hear in our next upcoming episodes and thank you as always for listening go pack up (laughs) 